Get $250 when you switch to a Royal Credit Union checking account. When I go to Royal, I feel very connected there. See details and open your account by November 15th at rcu.org slash checking bonus. Insured by NCUA. The Minnesota Wild are wrapping up training camp and Scott Burnside helps us break down the players to watch in St. Paul and in Iowa. And don't hate us, but Kirsten and I place our picks for the Central Division winner, and you might not love the selections. As always, we're created by New Voice Studios, presented by Soda Stick, brought to you by Talk North, Greenbelt, Jim Beam, Livia, and Royal Credit Union. This is Season 5, Episode 197. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition, like chanting, let's play hockey prior to the start of each game, or playing the state of hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Drink smart. Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2021. James B. Beam Distilling Company, Incorporated, Claremont, Kentucky. Hello, everybody. What's up? Bar Down Beauties, episode 197. I'm Jesse Pierce. She's Kirsten Kroll. Joining us off the top of the hour, the legendary, one of my favorite sports writers, Mr. Scott Burnside. Scott, what's up, buddy? That's the nicest thing anyone said to me today, uh, Jesse. So I appreciate that. Not sure it uh, necessarily qualifies, but uh, I'm happy to be here. And uh, did you say 197? So you're approaching. We're close. That's, that's some impressive work so good on both you thank you we're trying we're we're working our way up to that 200 kirsten's more of like she likes things in fives whereas i'm Mm -hmm. much more rounded and even numbered so we do have that uh difference between the two of us good stuff well that's a big number and it's it's good on you and uh, having stood shoulder to shoulder with you at wild playoff games and practices and most recently at training camp uh it's uh, it's well earned so it's it's good stuff Appreciate it. Well, you mentioned training camp, Scott. You were obviously in town checking out the wild amongst many of our favorite St. Paul establishments. So we'll get to that as well. Uh, But in general, was there anybody else? I know the wilds obviously reduced their roster uh, to pretty much kind of that, those final people, but anybody that stood out that got maybe sent down to Iowa uh, on Sunday, that kind of surprised you a little bit. Yeah. I, you know what I, I, I think from the get go, it was going to be, very difficult for anyone to you know sort of play their way onto the team and and i think that's probably you know with the salary cap and the way that the league has evolved i i think you know unless you're a, a team that really is in a true rebuild i think the the moments where some young player comes into camp or even a veteran player on a pto comes into camp and plays his way onto the opening night roster it, it's it just doesn't happen as much anymore i don't think and the wild are such a, you know, the core has been in place for two or three years. You know, we, we, we knew what that roster I think was going to look like right from the get go, barring some sort of training camp injury. So I, I, you know, I don't know that there was surprise, but you know, for me, I, I thought, and I think you were part of the conversation, Jesse, you know, talking to Sammy Walker and like, there are players who are probably NHL ready or, you know, this close to being NHL ready, who will play in Iowa this year. And that's not a function of failings on their part, 
but it's a function of where the team is at with the salary cap. Of course, they're still at 14 plus million dollars in dead cap space this year and next year. Um, it's, you know, it's just not room. So it's not a question of, you know, is Sammy Walker ready to play in the NHL? I think he probably is. It's, I think it's better for him. He's 24 play in Iowa. He lit it up last year. Let him, you know, I know it's hard for him, but play there. And when there is an opportunity, you know, we'll see that. I had a good chat with Jesper Wallstead too. And listen, we know that, you know, uh, just, uh, Philip Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury are setting goal, but uh, Jesper Wallstead is the real thing. And, and, uh, and it'll be interesting. I think this second year in North America is going to be a real, this is a chance for him to really elevate his game. I, I know I talked to Richard Bachman, the goalie coach in Iowa and, didn't you know pretty candid didn't come into great shape into camp great shape a year ago but much better this year and that allows him in theory to really refine and fine-tune the goaltending technicalities at the AHL level level and and whilst that was very candid he said I I underestimated how good the AHL was going to be and he still had a pretty good season I think this is an important year for him to take that next step forward and we know that this is Mark Andre Fleury's the final year of his current deal. You know who knows what happened to him. The Hall of Fame awaits whenever he decides he's done. Um, but Wallstead is, you know, he he stands in the shadows, and I think this is an important year for him in Iowa. Um, and who knows, you know, what happens during the season if there are injuries or whatever. Do you, does he get a taste? Um, but those were two guys that I was, you know, that you might not see for a while. But I think Wild fans at some point are going to get pretty used to seeing both of those. That's a long answer to that question, by the way. So, <laughs> hey, you're a writer, right? We sometimes don't know how to condense our words as much as our editors <laughs> just, might it just like. Keeps going. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you had mentioned Sammy Walker, and I think fans are very. I don't want to say disappointed. They're bummed, right? I think they are ready for him to go in there and that's okay. But Minnesota has been doing such a great job at exploring the patience that they can have with players. I mean, there are still some benefits to Sammy playing a full season in the American hockey league and tearing it up. Right. Well, I I mean, it's sort of a cliche, but again, like this, this whole, this notion of, you know, well, if you could, even if you had the cap space in the roster room, you know, if, if he comes up and he plays on a fourth line and he's playing six or seven minutes a night, he's probably not killing penalties. He's certainly not going to be on either of the two power play units, you know, presumably. So what, how does he evolve that way compared to playing with, you know, and I think it's fair to call it the second best league in the world. And, you know, maybe the KHL has a claim to it, but you know, the AHL is, is top level competitive hockey it's it's a place where he's and he's already shown he can succeed there but maybe fine tune some of the points maybe play more power play time maybe do more things with brett mcclain down there um and and again you know of course you're 24 would you do you want to you've had a taste so you know what it's like with the big boys you want to be there every day um, but I think that's the, to me, the whole, whether it's a player or a coach or a, a, an organizational philosophy, you have to have patience. You can't rush things. And if you try and rush things, I think we've seen this with teams who've tried to accelerate a rebuild or pressing players into positions where they're simply not ready to play. And and the failures there set you back even further. So you know, I, I I like what the Wild have done. Listen, they they do a fine job of of drafting, developing, 
and preparing players to come and play in the NHL. I think that's been borne out. Um, you know, Marco Rossi is going to be, an, 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 to me, he's the one player, maybe Brock Faber as well, but Marco Rossi is such an interesting case because he has to prove that he has learned those lessons this season. But I think he's a great example of, you know, you can't put a round peg into a square hole if they're not ready. <laughs> and, and he's been an example of that as well, I think. Right. And I should clarify, Sammy Walker still with the team has not officially been sent to Iowa. Right. I know we're discussing him like he's already destined. Yes. He doesn't sorry, have a, yeah, sorry, yeah, Sammy. We still sorry love you. That. He, uh, he just doesn't have a cap friendly contract either. So that's, what's going to hold him against still fun to watch Duluth fans. will be able to get glimpses of him as he still is with the team. Uh, Kirsten, we've talked about Marco Rossi numerous mm -hmm. times. You're on the side that Marco is going to make the team. I as well. I think Marco is going to have to. Um, Scott, Marco, a member of the Minnesota Wild coming out of training camp and on the opening night roster. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed, I think. In <laughs> spite of the kind of scary skate injury he suffered the other day. And as I think he said, it was, you know, unlucky, but lucky. He, it could have been a lot worse. So, um, and I thought, you know, his comments... And the comments from Dean Evison as camp has gone along, you know, he spends the summer in, in St. Paul and he works out, he builds 15 pounds, extra muscle. He changes his skating stride. And I thought for me at the very end, before I left, it's not the end then, just my end. <laughs> um, but Dean Evison talking about even before the, his first preseason game that he felt Marco Rossi was a different player, that his presence was different, that he was more mature, that he was more vocal. Um, and I think that's, again, you, you, you know, that you can't, you can't hurry that. And if it's true, and if he is in a position to be more confident and to have some success and to build on that, you know, he's going to play, um, you know, looks like he'll start with Freddie Gaudreau and, and, um, uh, Marcus Foligno, two good players, lots of skill, potential to, you know, really contribute to what I think would be a, a very solid top nine. Um, I, 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 a he's going to make the roster. That you know that's going to happen. He's mm -hmm. going to get the opportunity, but he's had the opportunity in the past, right? And and hasn't been able to seize the moment. You know, we're going to find out. We're going to find out whether all of that physical change and maybe that mental and psychological change or maturation, whether that yields, um, you know, points on the board and wins in the win column. And it's so critical for this wild team to get off to a much better start than they did last season. Um, yeah. I, I, there's, you know, it's a lot of pressure on him, but th that comes with the territory, right? He's a top, you know, he's a, a high end draft pick. The, the wild selected him for that reason. And, and I think it's time now to show, you know, to reward that faith in him. So we're going to see. Another player to get your thoughts on Jujar Kara. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think he's been outstanding and it's interesting the way that Dean Evison, the coaching staff have used him, which is, I think basically anytime there's legitimate competition, <laughs> cars on the ice, go, go out, get out there. So I was in Denver for the first preseason game, scored a power play goal. Um, it was a really interesting guy because you know, unlike Sammy Walker, who's, you know, he's 24, you know, he he's in a different place in his career than Jujar Kara, who's played 
uh, in the NHL, played a lot in Edmonton where he first broke into the league uh, last couple of seasons in Chicago. He was very candid when he came uh, and met with us the first time after he signed a two-way deal late in the, the offseason. He's had some concussion issues. His durability is an issue. He's a big He's a big human and uh, skates well. He can play center. He can play the wing. He can kill penalties. He's a guy that fits into your fourth line, you know, can play. He could play in your bottom six up front very easily. Um, but, you know, what? I'm not sure how he fits cap-wise and where the Wild would, I think, like to build up cap capital as the season moves along is there going to be room for him on that roster? And then if you try, you know, if you try and move him to Iowa, are there other NHL teams who will see that he is, he's an NHL player. He is, he, if he stays healthy, he could play pretty much anywhere in the NHL. He's, he has the kind of skill set that a lot of teams would love to have uh, on their roster. And my sense of it is guys really like him and he fit in exceptionally well. So that's the interesting part for me. Is there a mechanics way, salary cap wise, to keep him? Is there any way to get him to Iowa if you can't keep him in in uh, uh, with the Wild to start with, without another team nabbing him? I don't know. But he's been a big, you know, there's a reason that you know the Wild wanted him here, and I think he fits very well with the identity of this Wild team. He's Listen, I, I could if I never see another hockey fight, I'm okay. Um, but he can play it. He's not. He is. He he would be a force. He's a guy that's hard to play against, and that's what the Wild want to be. He's a tough sob, and I mean, I hate to bring this up, but also he's a guy I think you're okay having hang out in the press box for a game and be that extra forward versus a Sammy Walker or an Adam Beckman who can get that time. I mean, for me, that's also a big component to consider. I mean, he's a guy that can come in and out of the lineup and not really hinder any of his performances necessarily Absolutely. or waste the talent. Right. Yeah, no, totally. It's a, an excellent point. And again, it goes back to the evolution, you know, how do you want your players to develop? They don't, no one develops sitting <laughs> 500 feet in the air or whatever it is up in the press box and that yeah. XL set energy center, no one develops that way. So, but you're right. Kara is a more, he's, he's a more mature player. He's an older guy and yes, he would not like it, but he could certainly, fulfill that role um and that would make much more sense than having a younger player up there the only thing you're going to develop are bad eating habits something that i can attest to up in the press box it's it's a brutal scene up there sometimes what's your what was your favorite uh press box snack that you got to experience between last year coming in and uh checking out the scene in st paul you know what i'm uh i'm huge and i don't eat it otherwise but the french onion chip dip Oh, right. It's not, and it's hard to um, it's hard to do it delicately there. So I gave up on that. But yeah, <laughs> plate full of chips and some French onion chip dip. It reminds me of the dip my mom would make when we were getting ready to watch watch hockey night in Canada when we were growing up. So uh, yeah, I'm enthused, and that's really good for you too, because I I saw in the sign no calories and uh, <laughs> very healthy, a lot of protein in that. So I I, I felt good about it. I think that's fair. Kirsten, do you get to, I know you're always so busy during intermissions. Are you ever able to delve into our snacks in the press box? I've never even asked you. Um, I didn't even know there was snacks up in the press <laughs> box to be quite honest. So no, um, I'm stationed down at my perch and I don't get to leave once I'm down there just cause it gets so busy. So fortunately no one, for me, no snacks, no one brings you stuff. You see that no. to me is a failing. Right. This should be addressed. 
I think I found myself with something to do during intermissions for you. There you go. There you go. I can do that. I mean, I have people offer me waters, but there's no more snacks after we get our dinner. Although I imagine a nightmare scene if you were to get something stuck in your teeth and not know and go live on the Jumbotron where it would just be very highlighted. That's a new fear I didn't know that I had unlocked. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I do have one question I really want to ask because I feel this has stirred a lot of opinions over this past weekend. And what I'm talking about is Matt Zuccarello, Marcus Felino, their contract extensions. Uh, Scott, what is your take? Are you very happy with it? Happy it got done early? Or are you kind of on the other side of the fans where you think it could have waited a little bit and that it was very soon and kind of surprising deals too for a lot of people? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm not particularly surprised by any of it. I mean, maybe the term for Marcus Foligno, um, you know, four years is good. It's a, that's a great contract for him. Um, but, I, and I, so I, I'm old. I've known Billy Guerin for a long time. I happen to be in Pittsburgh uh, covering uh, the Penguins a lot when he arrived uh, late in that 08, 09 season and uh, was really uh, such an important part of the Penguins run to their, um, first of what would turn out to be three Stanley Cups in a, about eight or nine years. Of course, Bill Guerin winning two Cups as an executive with that team after. And I think it's, you know, listen, Bill Guerin is very transparent. You know, how do you want to build this team? What do you want this team to look like and act like? And I talked to, um, I've talked to a couple of uh, executives and former players during the playoffs last year. And then again, in training camp about this wild team and about the identity and Every single person I talk to says, this is a Bill Guerin team. This team is built how he played. Uh, gritty, hard. There's a high level of skill. Like this isn't a, you know, this isn't a team that needs to grind out every game. But even the skill players, and I think Kirill Kaprizov is a great example of this, not afraid to go to the hard areas, plays a gritty style in spite of their high-end skill. You know, to me, both Zuccarello and Felino have that, you know, they, they're important parts of this team in terms of the the voice and the character and the leadership. And they're also productive players. You know, Zuccarello is different because he plays on that top line. His relationship with Kapro Kaprizov is well-known. And I thought Dean Evison made a good point. You know, people talk about Zuccarello. He benefits from playing with Kirill. Well, he suggests that maybe it's, it's as much the other way, that Kaprizov benefits from Zuccarello's playmaking and all those things, uh, his experience. I thought the two-year extension, again, less than he's making now. I think that suggests that Zuccarello believes very much in where this team is headed. You know, you can go to free agency. Maybe you make some more money. Maybe it's the same, but to sign early, to me, is a sign of belief. Marcus Foligno was a little bit different because, and he's talked about this, kind of a disappointing season for him last year. Lots of ups and downs and injuries. And, you know, the playoff was a mixed bag of, there was a lot of chaos around Marcus Foligno in the playoffs. And two years ago, I think that's, he hopes to get back to that game. And I think this contract says to me, Bill Guerin believes that that's the Marcus Foligno that they can expect to get for the next two or three years be, you know, with this contract. And to me, if he's a 20 to 25 goal guy, not outside the realm of possibility, I don't think, continues to be an agitating force. He's a guy who pushes the pace. He's a guy who makes other teams uncomfortable with how he plays. 
And he's a guy that when he's like that, that's how the playoffs are won and lost. If you have players like that who are playing at their best in the playoffs, you have a you have a chance of beating any other team, and and we I don't think we saw all of that in the series against Dallas, but I think if he gets back to what we've seen him play, brings that in the playoffs, this is a better team for having him in the lineup. And you know, I, I that's a vote of confidence for Marcus Foligno that yes, we expect you to get back to that level, and we expect to bring that kind of play every night, and especially in the playoffs. So. I mean, we talked about this a little bit on on our live last week, you know, immediately following the extensions. And I completely agree with you, Scott. I think Marcus obviously is a valuable player. Bill Guerin told us that right off the hop saying, you know, I like my team a lot better with Marcus on it than without the four years, though. And I love me some Marcus again. I love him. I just I maybe was campaigning a little bit last year for him to be a movable piece because at that point. He had the no, he didn't have a no move in place. Now both these players also have no moves, which kind of tightens things up again for Minnesota. Do you see these extensions at all, Scott? Problematic for any of the younger players. We talked about Sammy Walker. We talked about Beckman because again, those are two roster spots then that are seemingly locked up barring any injuries. Yeah, I, I don't really because they play different roles. And, and to me, you have sure. to, and you're sort of, you do this is a great thing. I could never be a GM. I'm not sure I had the, would have the vision for it, but you're not, it's not just what, okay, what's it look like next year? And again, next year you're in that $14 million squeeze. So, and I understand, so you, you now have roster certainty going into the next off season, even though the salary cap's going to start to go up, you know, it's still going to be a pinch for the wild, but you're in a real good spot with that core locked up. You know, the goaltending is going to be interesting. You sort of assume, Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, maybe retires or whatever, but that opens a spot for Wallstead to come up. And now you've got, you know, so you, your goaltending is going to be set. Um, But I think when you look, you know, the two-year deal for Zuccarello, at the end of that deal, now you're free of the cap constraints. Now the cap goes up. Um, I think that there will be a natural attrition that allows some of those younger players to, to slide in, you know, I, I don't know where exactly that would be necessarily right now, but I don't think it, I don't think it creates an untenable position for young players to come up and play. And yeah, I mean, like I, I saw, and that maybe it was uh, Mike Russo, my former colleague at the athletic and Mike, uh, you know, one of the best in the business, you know, he, Bill Guerin better be right. And it's true, right? I mean, Bill Guerin talked about it in his opening address to the team before the start of camp. The expectations will go up every year for this team. Doesn't matter what happened the previous year. The expectations rise. You have to meet them. They want players who want to meet those expectations. Um, yeah, so there's you make these decisions because you believe in your heart of hearts that this is the team I believe can take us where we want to go. There are 31 other GMs who are looking at their teams going, you know, do you have the belief? And if you do, you make those decisions. You know, sometimes it doesn't would only works for one team every year. But in terms of those, you know, charting a progression, it, it doesn't work for everyone. But you, right. to me, the first thing is you got to believe. And if you do believe, then then you're prepared at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out. You'll take you'll take the heat because you believed in your heart that it was right, and I know that's where Bill Guerin comes to this from, and I'm not sure there's any other way you can do it. 
Scott, we've talked a lot about the direction the team's headed, some of the key prospects, all of these things considered overall thoughts on how the wild are going to do this season. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the team. I don't sound like Eddie Haskell, but I like this team and I like how it's <laughs> built. Um, you know, the, and this is, you know, look at the Western conference. I still think this is the third place team in the central division. To me, Dallas is maybe the most complete team. They might be the most complete team in the NHL, but certainly in the Western conference, they're, they're so well built, well coached. That's a really good team. Vegas call Vegas. I think is still going to be at the top of the Pacific Colorado, a little bit interesting without Gabriel Landeskog all season, but bringing in Ryan Johansson as the number two center, they're still a real good team and they will be a bit hungry after being knocked off in the first round by Seattle. So, but I think Minnesota slots in nicely and not too far behind at least Colorado. And we saw this last year, you know, fighting for one of the top three spots and a legitimate chance to win the central until the last what week or so of the regular season. I, I see the wild in that same spot. Um, you know, Nashville's really interesting. Uh, Barry Trotz coming in as the GM, you know, Ryan O'Reilly coming in there and Luke Shen and, and Gus Nyquist, who was so good in Minnesota in that brief time. They're going to be a good team. Winnipeg, don't know. Um, but I, I like the way, the, I like the, to me, the, I like the mixture of the veteran guys who are really hungry and the young guys who have a lot of pr- to prove, you know, Matt Boldy and Kirill Kaprizov both talked at the end of the season. They didn't feel they played very well in the playoffs and their productivity suggests that there's a lot more for them to give come playoff time next spring. And, you know, Brock Faber's got a lot of pressure, right? He's just a kid and he's going to play with Jonas Bordin and play huge minutes. Can he, is, is he that guy? I think he is. Um, So there's a lot of moving parts. Marco Rossi, we talked about, I think it's the same for every NHL team. There's no perfect team. Um, but I do like the blend um, of youth and I like that there's a sort of chip on the shoulder and the, and the understanding that the expectations are so high within that room. I don't think that's misplaced. So, yeah, I mean, the, the goaltending, you know, can Philip Gustafson do what he did last year, even if there's a regression to me, that's where Marc-Andre Fleury really has to be, you know, historically he doesn't start the seasons. Well, you know, both those guys have to be sharp, out of the gate so this team can build points early and not chase like they did a little bit last year. So uh, that's, again, a long answer. But I like this team. I like how, like how they're built. I think they're a playoff team. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how the the, the chips fall. But I, I, I like how this team is built. And I talked to a number of people who believe, you know, who share a similar belief of this team that, you know, you know, barring injury, you know, you, you lose Joel Erickson at a critical time. To me, that's one of the key differences in a series that was really tight with Dallas. So stay healthy. This should be a team that comes, you know, gets ready to play in the playoffs next spring. And that's all you can ask for. Maybe get out of the first round. That's all we can ask. That's what we can ask for, Scott. In fact, it's you know, not just you know the Bill playoffs. Garen we want to get that. out of the first round. You, you know, Bill Garen hates that. There's no getting over the hump, right? <laughs> that was That's one of my favorite parts of the, the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> what hum yeah anyway. mostly because he was going at russo for it not any of us so uh, yeah, that was very like that russo part. russo took the bullets when we all had the same exact question so exactly shout out to to him i just realized too kirsten and i also have a veteran and youth presence right like look at that we're a blend we are like the minnesota yeah. wild not as mid as the minnesota wild 
Yeah, you guys but... are de- definitely a playoff team. I've got you locked right? in. Right? Thank yep. you. I appreciate that. One final question I have for you, Scott, before you go. You are based in Atlanta. Is the NHL going to say third time's a charm? Give Atlanta another another shot at that, another shot in the arm? Because it seems yeah. like they love the idea, especially with TNT and their broadcast, right? Do you think Atlanta gets another go? You think I would be the head of hockey ops if they come back to Atlanta? <laughs> I, I, to me, that's a no-brainer. I, I I could even, you know, it would cost them very little in mileage for me to get up to Alpharetta. Uh, I would be... I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. You know, yeah. you're at 32 teams. Uh, here's, the, here's the thing for me. I, I know they've already and I'm sure this is the league's loves this discussion. I've heard discussions of a potential $2 billion expansion price tag. If the team goes up from uh, the league goes up from 32 teams. Now, maybe you float that number and then it comes in at 1.5 billion or whatever, but we know that, you know, the jump from Vegas to Seattle was substantial. We're definitely a billion or more for the next round of expansion. If it happens, um, and they, they are going to build an arena. That's going to happen. I talked to somebody involved with that and plan is to put shovel to ground next year, uh, next fall. But, you know, that's a long time off. The NHL is not going anywhere that there isn't a perfect NHL style building, right? They're not. The whole thing in Arizona continues to be a real, that's an ugly thing. So you, they're not going anywhere unless there is a, a perfect landing spot in terms of facilities and those kinds of things. And that's a long way off in Atlanta. I, if it happens, you know, I don't know, 10 years. I, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. So it would be and great I, if it did, but yeah. you know, the market's a lot different than when the thrashers left in 2011. <laughs> Smidge. I mean, I don't know if it's maybe you pluck a team out of, let's say Arizona and relocate that, you know, who knows? Yeah, still That's need a place to play. That's the problem with Arizona is you can't, you know there's no place to play in Atlanta. So you, even if, and I know that the NHL listen the 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 Coyotes the clock. Uh, I've been saying this. Uh, I've been covering this. The clock is ticking for literally <laughs> a, you know 15 years. So yes, the clock is still ticking in Arizona, but they're not coming to Atlanta because there's no place to play here. But again, you have to you know Salt Lake City is the obvious. If there has to be a move for um the coyotes if they cannot get a new building built there and a plan in place and shovels in the ground then to me salt lake city is the that's the obvious place they go and again atlanta is still years down the road before they could be that kind of city you know if they weren't talking expansion but some kind of relocation but there aren't many places now that are in the kind of dire straits that we've seen historically for teams so Mm -hmm. it's a pretty stable place the nhl now I know. We'll see. I mean, it settles it. Kirsten and I will just have to bring a Bardown Beauties squad to Minnesota, two teams set up, NHL set up here in the state of hockey. I, I have about one, one billion, Kirsten, if you can come up with the other billion. I'm on it. Okay. All right. Scott, let me know if you, want to me know if you need a hockey invest. ops guy. Yeah. Perfect. Or a writer. Whatever. <laughs> a little bit of both. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to catch you around the rink at St. Paul. Look forward to seeing you probably more throughout the season and uh, getting your insight and wisdom as, as you do. Pleasure. And uh, not sure how much insight or wisdom was dispensed, but I did fill up some space, but happy to join anytime and congrats on uh, approaching your 200th episode. Good work. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. We are going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, guys. Jesse Pierce with Bardown Beauties and NHL.com here. Fall is without question my favorite time of year. The leaves are changing, school's back in session, and hockey is back on the ice. That's why I've been so grateful that Livia's doctor-recommended program has my health on track and my energy at full fuel to prep for my busiest time of year. Between morning skates and late-night shootouts, I'm feeling and looking my best thanks to Livia and the Woodbury Center's constant help and guidance. I'm down more than 30 pounds and 19 inches, and while I'm not quite an elite NHL athlete, I am prepped and ready for an elite healthy diet each and every week. Thanks to my friends at Livia. Join my team in the Livia program where you could lose up to 10 pounds in the first two weeks. Plus roster yourself today and get three months of your personalized program. Absolutely free. Call 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com. That's L-I-V-E-A.com. Livia has been voted Minnesota's best weight loss program three years in a row. Find out why. Join today. We're back. Thanks again to Scott for joining us. Always love getting his insight. I truly, I remember reading him. I was such an avid ESPN hockey reader like Uchi and Melrose and Linda and Scott was a big part of that ESPN. So always nice to have him around. Nice to hear the stories he can tell because he's covered this uh, National Hockey League for so long. Um, and that's a, it's a great thing. So good to have a guy like that in your corner as always, Kirsten. Definitely. Great guy. Very knowledgeable. Just fun to talk to. It's yeah. awesome exactly. getting people that are just good people. The one thing we didn't get your thoughts because you were busy busting your tail over at uh, Texas Roadhouse. Again, don't forget to go see Kirsten. Tip her very well. 80% is a is a minimum tippage percentage there. I have uh, a dog to support by myself. <laughs> exactly. That's all. You know what? We have We all have things. Plus, there are sparkly shoes that we need to get as well. Let's not negate that. Yep. It'll be fine. Marcus Foligno, Matt Zuccarello. I gave my thoughts on the Instagram live. Did you have anything additional? Do you think, I mean, were you, I know we've kind of texted about it a little bit. Yes. Um, and you know, not to belabor and, and beat a dead horse cause it is what it is, but thrilled or what, what kind of side of the coin do you fall on with that? Um, I think I land on the side of just cautious. Um, I think it's good that they're able to get it done early because in the sense like that allows them to plan ahead and really look forward to building this team and like trying to make moves for the future for the next couple of years. So I think that's good. There's no doubt Felino and Zuccarello are skilled players. Um, I'm more hesitant on Zuccarello than I am Felino, just because as we've talked about age last season, wasn't a season on par with what we've typically seen from him. But I think there is a lot to be said between the chemistry between him and Kirill. And like Scott had said too, it's possible that Kirill benefits a lot from the playmaking from Zuccarello. So I am not a general manager, but for me, Zuccarello was the one I was a little more cautious on. Felino, also four years kind of seems like a lot right now, but he is kind of, when you do lose a Matt Dumba in the off season, you need a guy who is kind of the heart and soul of the team. And we've seen that in Felino. We know I love Felino. I have his jersey. He's the first hockey jersey I've actually bought so I'm happy he's staying um I also love being right because I said last season he wasn't going anywhere <laughs> mm -hmm. but I don't know it just seemed like a big contract and Ryan Hartman also still in talks to get that deal done I think because it was mentioned too, news came out all three of them started the season started conversations about the same time so I think right. it's a matter of when not if Hartman gets done um, happy to see it done early, but yeah, just a lot of hesitancy, cautious mm -hmm. hesitancy. 
That's and I think again. that was what an idiom. I just redundant. I used the same word, different words, same meaning twice. Well, I mean, when we write, that's what we have to do. Like, what did I, I used efficacious the other day instead of successful because I said successful like a breath later. And I was like, why did I just try it? And I'm not going to pretend that I selected that word. Obviously, word selected that word when I went to synonyms. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to use efficacious. But uh, yeah, fun fact. Uh, let's dive into some NHL predictions. Last week, we took a look at some different areas of the Minnesota Wild, how we thought they would do. Now let's lay it all on the line. We're just going to go through winners. We're not going to go through each division, but I do want to get your winner for each division. Let's start off in the Central, Minnesota Wilds. Who wins the Central this year? Everyone's going to hate me, but I think Dallas. I think it's going to be Dallas that wins the Central. I mean, they're they're a solid team, and we saw that last year. They're a beatable team. I think every team in the Western Conference, quite frankly, is a beatable team. But I think Dallas, as of right now, just looks the strongest. Mm-hmm. You know what? I am going to agree with you. And I can't tell if that's like recency bias because we saw them, you know, in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and you saw how mm-hmm. well they did. But to me, I just look at them and, and you're absolutely right. And I know Scott mentioned this too. They're just a complete team. I love Miro Heiskanen. and I, I like Jason Robertson. I love Jake Ottinger. Like their young guys are really, really good. And then you still have your core players who can still perform at a high level. So they are, they're going to be tough to beat. I think they are the number one in the central, uh, you know, Minnesota in the middle of the pack there, if you guys get care where we think, but that's not news. That's just normal bias. Uh, let's move over to the East metropolitan. That is a hell of a division. So many good teams. Uh, so a tough one, but Kirsten, who do you have winning the metropolitan division? I'm very, very torn. When I was looking through this division, there's two teams that really stand out to me. Carolina, I have said this the last two seasons. This is now the third season I am saying this. Carolina, I I always pick them. I've picked them three years in a row now, and they've made it further in the playoffs, but also like they can't quite get there. I'm torn between them and then New Jersey. New Jersey's still a very young team. I think last season in the playoffs too, we really saw a lot of weaknesses, areas they need to grow and really become cohesive as a unit. So be all that to be said, I think Carolina has the slight edge. Maybe this will finally be the year they can get over the hump. Yeah. And Maybe. a healthy Svechnikov. Yes. That's all you need. That's mm-hmm. not hard. It's not hard to get. I like Carolina too. Again, this division is it's tough. You've got a lot of really good teams, but I love the back end of hockey. I love goaltending. And you know who has the best goaltender of these teams? It's the New York Rangers. Give mm-hmm. me Shesterkin. Uh, I'm going to say the Rangers. Adding Blake Wheeler could be really good. I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. I know I'm usually very against older players, but he's my age. So we're going to pretend he's not that old. Uh, so New York Rangers, let's go with them. I'm going to go with them. I think New Jersey is going to be a lot of fun to watch again. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jack Hughes continues to do great. And I do. I love Rob Brindamore out in Carolina, everything that he's done, everything he brings as a coach, but give me the Rangers. Let's go blue shirts. That is my Met winner. Uh, Kirsten, let's come back over to our side of the conference in the mm-hmm. West and uh, Pacific. Who is your Pacific winner? Ah, oh, man. Vegas, I'm kind of like, Vegas is still up there. They're going to finish top two. And this one might be a little bit more of a wild card, but I really liked last season what we were seeing from LA. I'm going to say LA wins the Pacific. You and I, same page for the Western Conference. I 
love LA. I mean, I think they have, again, all the pieces in place. I'm curious to see what the goaltending has going on, but I would, I wanted to say Anaheim. I want to put Anaheim up there, but they can't figure out how to give Trevor, Z- Trevor Zegris the money he deserves. You got uh dry dries. No. Oh my God. I almost said Dracidal. I was going to say that's Edmonton, that's but Edmonton. same, same division. Drysdale. Yes. Drysdale. Drysdale. Their defenseman. He also mm-hmm. has not come to terms yet. Figure it out. I mean, Minnesota did it in seconds with two players that probably are not quite the level of those two. So LA is definitely my pick. The other thing I know about the division, San Jose is going to win like four games. That's also very plausible. Um, The only reason I needed to not pick the Edmonton Oilers, as we all know, our personal friend, Con McDavid, uh, he hasn't really been hiding the fact he's not super happy there on his way out. If Khan's not happy, you know, it's not the greatest situation in Edmonton. So that's all I need to know early on that Edmonton will not be winning potentially another early first round bounce for them too. That's fair. That's true. Everyone's very, very high on Edmonton, which I get. They're not wrong. Cause they still have Khan close friend of the pod Khan. Mm-hmm. but I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I like LA a lot better. Let's see what they can do we like we don't hate kevin fiala guys don't forget we don't hate kevin fiala we don't hate kevin fiala uh back over to the east for our final division winner predictions the atlantic division uh kirsten this one's kind of a hodgepodge kind of a mess or maybe not what do you think I'm not going to lie. This is the division I'm going to be paying the closest attention to this hockey yeah. season. I think it's going to be one of the most fun, arguably the most fun to watch aside from the central, of course, <laughs> but no, the Atlantic, I'm a little torn. I I think Toronto will win the division personally. I think mm-hmm. Boston will finish second. I think they'll kind of flip flop this season, but one thing is for damn sure the Buffalo Sabres will be a playoff team yes. this year everything like I can't even I'm not even going to reiterate what you said just a little bit I agree I think Toronto they're going to be number one that doesn't mean they're going to get out of the first round maybe no, they're get cursed. out of the second round they're, they're, cursed. They, they're not they going did it last year it was fine good for them um but I'm 100% with you I think Buffalo is going to be my favorite team to watch in the Atlantic division mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see the different things especially if Trevor Zegras ends up in Buffalo then Ooh. that's a whole new place people used to a go young... to Buffalo to die yeah. And now they don't anymore. Like people they go there to live there. now. I'm putting it out there early. You don't go to Buffalo to die. That's where you go to begin, begin again. You live in Buffalo. I think they're going to finish Buffalo. We're going to talk about them for a sec. They're going to finish third in the Atlantic. You're hearing it now. Okay. that That's pretty high. Tampa will finish fourth. Yeah. I'm, I see. I'm not very high on Tampa. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I'm not high on Tampa. I realize I know nothing about Ottawa or Montreal, really? So uh, Ottawa is still be... Ottawa. Yeah, oh, still Ottawa Ottoan. is still Ottawa. In yeah, Detroit always is supposed to be kind of good, and they never are. Stevie Allegedly, Wyatt, they're Allegedly. slowly getting back up there, as yeah. said by my coworker who is a diehard Detroit fan. So take oh. that as you will. Right. We'll see. I agree, though. Toronto, you got our votes for uh, the top. Those are our divisions. Let us know what you guys think. For division rankings, who you think wins the division, where we're wrong, where we're right, mostly where we're right. The final question of the segment before we start to wrap things up, your Stanley Cup winner. Who, Which two teams are playing in the finals and who takes home uh, the Holy Grail? 
See, this one is very, very hard because I look at all of these teams right now and moves they've made in the offseason without having played a regular season game. And I know, I know that's the part of speculating that's fun. We're probably going to be wrong, but everyone looks beatable. There doesn't seem to be this year like one who really is like they are going to be top dog. Like coming into last year, people knew like Boston. Mm -hmm. But this year, I feel like there's just a lot more up in the air. But however, and I'm not going to be making any fans here with this one i think it'll be dallas and carolina in the finals and the winner carolina okay you're giving it i think this is the third year in a row i've said carolina's gonna win the cup i'm sticking with it uh i i don't hate i don't think that's crazy i mean it seems i almost want to say safe right like those two teams Mm -hmm. are going to be very good so it's definitely on the safer side I agree. I think the West will be represented by Dallas. I don't think that's a surprise. Again, sorry, Wild fans will have to deal with it. It'll be fine. We will survive. Uh, But I think it'll be my New York Rangers from the East because again, that's another good pick. Good goaltending, man. I'm just, I'm high on it. I love good goaltending and that's what New York has. And I think, I think Dallas will win when it comes down to it because it'll be two good goaltenders. Ottinger's very good too. Yeah. Two good goalies. The shutter was so real on that response <laughs> for me, by the way. Like, that was a very authentic, like, wow, I apologize. We're not cheering for Dallas, but I'll just, I'll, we'll find a way if it happens to be happy for Tyler Sagan. I will find always time to be happy for Tyler Sagan. And the cup would come here because you have Jake Ottinger coming here. True. Boom. Love it. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Another shout out to Scott for joining us uh, via Zoom this morning. Uh, Another big shout out to everybody who checked out our first live show of the season last week. Again, don't forget, you can go listen to that uh, uh, wherever you get your podcast. October 18th, Market Jerseys, Invergrove Heights. That is our next show. Uh, I forget the time, either six or seven. One of those two will be out there uh, talking puck, talking hockey. Kirsten, we are almost to the end of preseason. How did the first two games of work go for you? It went good. It felt great to be back. I mean, that first night last Thursday, it was nice. It was truly, I kept saying to everyone, I was like, it's back to school. You're seeing familiar faces. You're getting back into the swing of things. I had a lot of people comment on my shoes, truly saying not sparkly. I'm like, yes, sparkly boots, not made for preseason. They deserve their moment regular season so stay tuned i mean and you got the workout in with the sparkly boots in case you guys didn't see kirsten and i doing the important preseason training beforehand so we were up to snuff and set yeah i went thursday didn't go saturday because i didn't have to and uh let's just bring on the season yeehaw yeehaw training camp almost done preseason almost done hockey season fully engaged we love it we love you guys we love all of our sponsors over at talk north including soda stick royal credit union livia uh weight loss center and blanking uh bah, bah, kirsten white i just literally it's a grain belt jim we've got too many great sponsors to keep track so of. many great it's sponsors incredible uh we'll do them we'll run through them one more time We've got Greenbelt, Jim Beam, Royal Credit Union, Soda Stick, Livia, all of them. Fantastic people, fantastic support. We can't get enough. Uh, as always, that's going to do it for this week's episode. On behalf of Kirsten, Fred, and myself, stay beautiful, stay beauts, go bar down. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.
Bye.